I love Candy's reviews, don't y'all? That's so helpful, so helpful. Um, sometimes we can be irritated with a review, but really the reviews are so helpful. So I just appreciate that for me. Thank you. Review is good because we are forgetful. So uh, what we talked about last week, or what I got to talk to y'all about, was kind of started in the garden, right? And um, how we build up or tear down a house. But we went back to the beginning. Well, the next couple weeks and today, we're gonna do this again. We're going back to the beginning. <laughs> so we're gonna do the same thing that Candy's, we're gonna go back to the beginning and back to the beginning. Um, to mine it for all it's worth for what we need to remember. Um, this week, we're talking um, about, I will make a helper suitable. God made us suitable. But what does that mean? What do those words mean? All of this, as I was doing the study, because I was doing the study, and I kind of went, what do those words really mean? What they? So, because the way, the way I prep is I actually do the study and then I prep for the, this. Um, and so there were two aspects that I got really, like a dog with a bone, I wanted to just gnaw on it because I didn't really love my limited understanding. Um, so I kind of gnawed on the words, helper and suitable, but I also gnawed on the why did he wait? And what does that mean? And what I discovered, I'm gonna share with you a little bit, a um, little bit, because there was a lot there. Um, in the beginning, God created, last day of creation, God creates man. Then he creates the garden and he puts man in it. And he says, I want you to watch over it and tend it. Oh, you can't do that. You need help. So he makes all the animals and the animals go by and go by. And because God is in charge and sovereign, the animals, predators and prey and all of this come by orderly, right? And in the first man, Adam's supreme intelligence, because God made him intelligent, he's able to name them all and understand that they are different and other than him. But what does that mean? So he, all of these animals go by and by and by because they're all over the earth. But Adam's in the garden. Okay. Anyway, I, I geek out about some of this stuff. It's pretty cool. So what is he looking for? Adam was made in God's image. God, as we have looked at his attributes, is expansive. He's in and out of time. He's eternal. He's limitless. He is in fellowship within himself. There's three in one. It's one of mind, heart, and unity of purpose. And he made Adam. How can a finite being fully represent the fullness of an eternal and expansive God? They can't. 
It's kind of cool. So all the animals go by and God stops and he puts Adam to sleep. And for the first time in all of time, God does different and he creates not from the soil. See, the animals were made from the soil. Man was made from the soil. We don't like dirt. Do you like dirt? Okay. Out of his flesh, woman is created. We are of his substance and his kind. Eve is made to complement. Okay, this is interesting. This, a complement, is praise. To complement is actually what it looks like. To complete. We are the completeness. Because what was taken out, we actually fill in what was missing. We complete. So a helper suitable is one that actually completes. Two pieces of a puzzle, the completion. This made in the image of God, God is in fullness, he's in fellowship. Man cannot be in fellowship with himself, he can't reign and rule, he can't watch over and tend to the garden, his mission. <clears throat> helper actually comes from this idea of um, <clears throat> a word that's used 27 time, 21 times in the Old Testament. I will fight with, compete with candy over the worst handwriting. Okay, so Azer is this idea of helper, but Azer is not, oh, let me help the little old lady up from her chair and across. It's used of God and it's used in very specific ways. Um, but in every time, this is about helping the primary person achieve their task. In helping them achieve their primary task, Adam's primary task was to tend and watch over the garden. But he couldn't do that on his own. So, she comes with this sense of help. Now, other meanings of this word, connotations, and the fullness of the words and how they're used are actually also mean power and strength. The suitable has this meaning equal to, corresponding to, that's the connectigo, um, but which is actually a phrase, not a word. Anyway, power and strength equal or corresponding. We are made to help with a task, and our task is to bring our power and strength, which is equal and yet different. It is complementary, not praising, but completing. We make up that which is lacking. And that's what Eve did. As Adam looked at all the animals, 
and didn't find a suitable match. I'm kind of like going, well, what was he looking for? I mean, yeah, he was looking for us, but he was looking for, right, a physical match, one that fit. And it's kind of cool that physically our bodies fit together like puzzle pieces. That's on purpose. There's a completion there, a wholeness. That's a beautiful thing. But that's not all. We actually have the same intellect. And we have the same ability for spirituality. Relationship with God. God was made Adam in his image to have relationship. And that relationship and that connection, the beasts didn't have. But we are made, it's kind of, Adam's made in the image of God. We're made out of Adam in the image of Adam to reflect that he is made. I mean, it's just, it's actually really cool, this symbiotic thing. But also the intellect is the ability to gather knowledge and then use it wisely. And in wisdom, we also are differentiated from the beasts of the field. We have intellect, wisdom, power and strength used to complete our husbands. Random factoid for those of you who geek out. I geek out, right? I'm gonna keep moving on, but there is a scientific term for what we are, right? There's scientific terms for all the animals. Do we remember what human beings are? It's a homo sapien. It's Latin. Do you actually know what it means? It's cool. The one who is wise. We are differentiated from the beasts of the field because we have the ability to be wise and differentiate good and evil and choose with that. Our primary task which was to complete and to help our husbands achieve his God-given task. Adam was given the task of watching over and tending the garden. Another aspect of these words is that we shield and protect. Oftentimes, Azor is used as a Lord, O oh Lord, you are a shield about me. We have the privilege and the God-given entrusted job of shielding and protecting our husband's vulnerability. We more than anyone know that he is vulnerable. We see the softness that no one else sees. We are to bring that power and strength, that Azor, to be a shield about him. Because when we don't, we leave him open to be torn down if we are not already doing it ourselves. To surround and protect and watch his back, shielding his vulnerability, we protect him and keep him strong to do what he is meant to do. And we do this, as Candy reviewed, by meeting those five needs. Because when we don't, or what does it look like if we don't? It is the tearing down of our own house. 
because we are made to be able to be wise and then God has given us all the ability. There are some things that our husbands don't need, right? They don't need us to make everything he does more difficult. I've done it. When I've forgotten his needs, when I've forgotten that my primary role is to protect him and to build him up, and I have torn down my husband. For me, more by absence of help than except it's the same effect. Absence of building up is like all of the elements eroding a cliff because we're not actively building it up. One of the easiest ways for us to erode our husband's strength is to nag, is with our words, is to not esteem him in our words. And the opposite of that, has anyone ever seen that? I grew up seeing it every day. I vowed I was never gonna ask my husband to do something twice because I, it, it like drove me crazy. But that actually didn't balance with what my husband needs. I have to study my husband to know what he actually really needs. My husband sometimes needs more than one reminder, but that's different than nagging. There's a, there's a thing in your, uh, a sheet in your handout that's called the daily nag. And it has, I'd like you to at least look at it. So I'll just read you a few things, but I'm not gonna spend a ton of time. I encourage you to go online and print it out. Um, there's a, a, defi a dictionary definition of what it means to nag and questions to ask. Um, the dictionary definition of nagging is to annoy with persistent demands or complaints, to keep in a state of troubled awareness or anxiety. Okay, when we keep reminding our husbands to do whatever or they're falling short or they're driving you crazy because they chew with their mouth open or whatever it is or make crumbs everywhere or are just whatever it is that is irritating and you just, it's this keeping them in a state of anxiety that they can't do anything right to please you. And honestly, if I have learned anything, the men in our lives at their core, when they are left nurtured, they will do anything to please us. And it is so humbling. It is so humbling. So to nag is to find fault or complain in an irritating manner. Ooh. Nagging also causes persistent discomfort or distress. Ugh. The hidden nagging message gives this, you're not good enough. You're not measuring up. You are a disappointment. I am sharper than you because I have not forgotten X, Y, or Z, and this X, Y, or Z thing is more important to me than you are. This thing that I'm upset about is more important than you are. What do our husbands need? 
to know that they have what it takes and that they are valuable and that we appreciate them. And when we nag, we are every element coming against the cliff, tearing it down. We are tearing him down by clawing him like that lioness devouring. (sighs) The books of wisdom in the Bible actually talk about this too. And I say it like that because, oh yeah, we have the ability to be wise, but when we choose to gripe about stuff, there is zero wisdom in us. We are not utilizing the knowledge and the wisdom and the power and the strength that we are made for. A nagging spouse is a leaking faucet. I have had a leaking faucet. Can I just tell you how, right? I've been that. Proverbs 21, better to live alone in a tumbled down shack with the rain coming through. Okay, that was me. Than to share a mansion with a nagging spouse. In Judges, it says, she kept at it day after day, nagging and tormenting him. Finally, he was fed up. He couldn't take another moment of it. Ouch. On this sheet, there's some beautiful questions that are easy to read and are not exposing in the slightest. Does he already know about what I want to nag him about? If I tell him more, will he know it more? (laughs) Is this thing, this issue, important enough to damage our relationship over? Those are rather exposing. Now that can be very discouraging, but there's hope. I will always remind you, there is hope. See, um, we have the ability because we're made for this. We're made for this, you got it, girl. Okay, great, how? Practical. Well, I'm gonna give you the spiritual and the practical. Okay, Um, Philippians 2, If you don't care about, uh, anyway, this is just, anyway, Philippians 2.13, God is working in you. God is working in you to give you both the power and the desire to do what pleases him. And if you don't have the desire or the power, actually, we can ask the one who is in his unlimited resources, gives us those things because he's already promised that he will do that. We can love because we can be filled with God's love. And God's love, oh yeah, he's unlimited. He is love. There is no end to his abundance. And he, when we are walking in obedience, one of the other questions in our Bible study was in John 14. And it said, You know, what comfort or encouragement do you get from all these verses? Do you remember doing those verses? And one of them was the John 14 passage. And it said, if you love me, obey my commands. And I will pray and give you the Holy Spirit. And kind of in a fresh way, I'm like, obedience means I can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but if I'm in disobedience, I cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I cannot have the power or the desire to do. Candy talked about tying God's hands of blessing behind her back. 
God says it's directly related, but it's all from a heart of love. If I love you, if I am grateful because you are God and I am not, and you have given me everything, then I can love you and I can walk in what you say is best. But then he gives us the power and the desire and the ability. He does that. I love that. So practically, how do we bring our power and strength to help our husband in this task? Um, We kind of got to know two things. We got to know what our husband needs. There is, just like we've done the good points list, which is phenomenally exposing on our thoughts and how we see our husbands. Um, We have another handout, and this handout is things I've learned about my husband's needs. That's a great, it's just open sheet for you to start identifying those things, because we have to study him, we have to know, and then we have to go, okay, so if I'm going to help him, I have to know what he needs. There's the five things, but let's be specific with my husband. What does that look like as it plays out in our day and our unique situation? And then then there's how do I order my day? How do I prioritize life? How do we do this? Sometimes I would grieve some lacks in my own education on how to menu plan or how to organize the house or what have you. Um, because I didn't have that example of how to prioritize a lot of things. Um, But I was taught how to clean. Um, But what we are given in Titus 2 is this outflow of how do we prioritize our day? How do we prioritize our life? Um, And this passage can chafe. It can... And yet, its purpose is to help. Everything that God gives us is to help. And its purpose, there, there's a, another handout uh, that has the passage written for you. Um, I'm going to actually read verse 1 in chapter 2 because it kind of sets the stage. Because Titus is given, well, I'll paraphrase it. Um, Titus is given the charge to promote the kind of living for the entire congregation there, men, women, young and old. Promote living that reflects sound doctrine. And he sums up this whole passage. I'm going to tell you why, right? Do this for sound doctrine, why? So that the word of God is not slandered or maligned. This is about God's reputation. And then, sandwich in between is the meat of that. How does that play itself out, okay? So, sound doctrine We have likewise teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that 
no one will malign the word of God. These priorities start with being reverent. Reverent is pretty cool um, as a word, right? Um, Live as one. (laughs) Live in such a way that befits, that is fitting to one engaged in sacred things. Reverent is about that which is sacred. All of life, for one called by God's name, for our job as women, reflecting the image of God, is in the business of the sacred. Everything we do, even doing laundry, even tending to a scrape on a kid's knee, even tending to grocery shopping and the dishes, getting gas in the car. Everything is sacred because it is done before God to reflect him to the world. We are to love our husbands, love our children, kids is shorter, um, and to be busy at home. I'm just going to make a note about the busy at home. Candy already said many women are working. This doesn't mean a woman doesn't work outside of the home. But let me paint a little bit of a picture for you. Adam was given the charge to watch and tend over the garden. You have this supervisory role over the fullness of it, and you have somebody involved in the details. There is a division of priorities. And one of the things that I think of is who's the CEO and who's the COO? Who's the chief executive officer in charge of the whole of the family? But who is in charge of all of the operations every day It doesn't matter how it plays out, but these are the responsibilities, and this is a delegated responsibility so that the whole system functions as it's meant to. Because we are complementary, we complete one another with different temperaments, different gifts and talents, so that the Word of God is not slandered or maligned. Um, there's also, so these are our big deals. Our priority is to love God. So reverent things that are sacred. This is really love God, love husband, love kids, and love your home. Yes, you can read my scribbles. Love, love God, love our husbands, love our kids take care of the home. All of this is done with this idea of a living wisely and being pure and doing good. Character qualities that do not malign. Malign bringing shame to. We don't want to bring shame to our husbands or ourselves because in everything that he rises up and does good, and as he gets acclaim, as it, actually we both do, because he cannot succeed unless we believe in him. 
and to the measure that we protect him and enable him, that is a reflection on how well we're loving him. And if we're not shielding and being that protection, then we are keeping him from reaching his fullness and working against God in his life. God, may I work with you on the behalf of my husband, letting you take the lead and you dealing with me first.